Digital Gonzo, episode 101, dated Sunday the 23rd of September 2012, Mark of the Ninja. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go! Go Ninja, go Ninja, go! Go Ninja, go Ninja, go! Go, 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 go! Ninja, Ninja, rap! Ninja, Ninja, rap! Ninja, Ninja, rap! Go, 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 go! Go Ninja, go Ninja, go! Go Ninja, go Ninja, go! Welcome to Digital Gonzo with me, your host, Alex Shaw. Tonight we're going to talk about one of the best download games of the year, possibly the system. From Clay Entertainment, the studio behind Eats and the two Shank games, Mark of the Ninja. My team of shadowy assassins tonight include Joshua Garrity of Kane and Rince. Hello there. And Jerome McIntosh of Gonzo Planet. Good day, sir. And we're going to tell you why this is well worth 1,200 Microsoft points and why you should be playing it and then replaying it. Okay, I've got a few things to read from Nels Anderson, the lead designer, and then Ben Kuchera of Penny Arcade on Mark of the Ninja, just to sort of get us into the swing of things. Right, this is from uh, Nels Anderson. Why are stealth games interesting? The core thing that makes stealth games different is the flow of their gameplay is all pull, whereas in nearly all other first- or third-person avatar-based games, it's all push. Nearly all action games are actually about reaction, at least on the encounter level. The game is unfurled by pushing encounters onto the player, which the player must then deal with. Stealth games, however, have the player pulling an encounter to them at their own pace. It almost has to be this way by necessity, as, as the opposition is unaware of the player, and thus it's up to the player to begin perturbing the game world. The consequence of this is stealth games tend to involve playing far more intentionally than other character-based games. Thinking through several steps of cause and effect before doing anything becomes an important skill. There's an unfortunate dynamic that can emerge out of this, however, because stealth games rely on intentionality. Players must understand the game systems quite clearly, e.g. one must understand how guards react to noise before these reactions can be exploited. Often these systems are quite opaque and understanding something like an AI's sensory perception model is not easy. It can end up being a black box you understand by groping at it blindly until you can start to make out its shape. And Ben Kachira of Penny Arcade writes... Anderson describes something called the gulf of execution. There's a gap between what the player wants to be able to do and what their character could reasonably do, which is what they're able to actually do based on their fluency with the controls. Much work into making that gulf disappear. I didn't want you to think that there's all this shit I should just be able to do and I want to be able to do, I just don't have the fluency of the controls to do it. In a stealth game, that's especially a big deal. So while falling down a shaft, you can hold a button to stop time, target multiple power supplies, and then throw three darts to knock out the lasers before you hit them. It feels satisfying and it's something a ninja could do. So it's important Anderson found a way to allow even beginner ninjas to achieve that move. You have time to stop, see the situation as a ninja, make sure you line up the shots and then execute. The game is tactical so these moves don't make it easier. He's simply allowing all players to feel like a ninja. The animation itself is top notch. All the characters move and react to each situation fluidly. It looks like an M-rated cartoon. So let's start with a two-minute brainstorming session of what this game feels like stylistically and gameplay-wise. The big one for me is Batman Arkham Asylum. Mm -hmm. It has that same feeling of being a hunter and being in control of the situation and taking advantage of... uh, the environment and what it presents to you. It's not about avoiding the enemy necessarily. It's about finding the moment that's perfect to strike, which I really like. 
Okay, right, before we actually talk about the mechanics of the gameplay, just call out things that it also called to mind. Okay. Tenshu, that's yep. an obvious one. Splinter Cell. More the earlier games or Conviction? Conviction, Conviction. Yeah, Conviction's more forgiving, and there's that, the whole thing, the, the leaving a silhouette where they've last seen you is directly borrowed from that. It obviously feels like Shank, if you've played uh, Shank or yeah. Shank 2. It's, it's got the same... It feels like they've taken the Shank engine and gone, right, well, what if we turn this into a stealth game? It's that fluidity. Mm. And the artwork, obviously, which calls to mind Samurai Jack and always did. For old-fashioned ninja aficionados, Revenge of Shinobi. You know, with all the chucking around... Um, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, oh. yeah. Shurikens and things, yeah. Uh, and one other thing that we haven't mentioned yet, I felt it was a bit like Spider-Man. The older... Uh 2D one. I'm yeah. trying to think what it was. There was called. a Mega Drive one called Revenge of the Kingpin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. I Which, that. I mean, it just felt like if they were ever going to do a Spider-Man sideways scroller again, this engine is actually really, really good for that. Obviously, without the killing. What struck you about how the gameplay was visually represented? I, I think the biggest strength of the game is that it communicates so much to the player. Uh, we were talking, but it, the, in your intro, you were talking about how um, stuff like sound waves and um, communicating that information. There's ripples that come off the enemy when they're walking. Um, when you slow down time and you target something, it actually shows you how far the sound will travel yeah. when you hit something, which is great. And I refer that, to this as Toff Vision when we were yeah. talking on Twitter. Um, and also you get the uh, cone visions, uh, vision cones for the enemy, so you know exactly how far away you can be before they see you. And their flashlights are like an extension of that. And what's, what I like about that is that it makes you feel more de- uh, decisive rather than trial, uh, making you feel like you're just... Uh, playing about trial by error type of thing it feels like i'm making a decision and i know exactly what's going to happen and nine times out of ten it goes your way because you've got this information and you know exactly what's going to happen one of the best decisions they've made is making it 2d because one of the things i've always had the problem with 3d stealth games is you have difficulty keeping track of everything around you, but with that 2D side-scrolling perspective, you can see where you need to go, you can see what you need to get to, and you can see what's in your way, which yeah. allows you to come approach a situation far more prepared than you would in most yeah. games. It conveys an awful lot of information in a brief time. And also, if there's a fog around you as well, so that there's bits you can't see. So if you're crawling through vents towards a, a room that you haven't been into, you won't be able to see into that room until you lean up against the vent. And if a guy's walking straight towards the vent, he could see you leaning out of the vent. So there's always that sense of risk. There's an apprehension of the unknown. But there's, there's various ways you can handle it if you do get discovered, which is great. Uh, another one of its strengths is how open the level design is. Mm, you feel definitely. like you have a lot of options. Yeah. And I feel that in any stealth game I've played, I've 
always singled that out as a positive aspect. The reason why I like Metal Gear Solid 3 is because it has those big open areas where you can make a lot of decisions about how you approach the situation. And the same can be said here. The worst examples of stealth are when it's really linear. Uh, Everyone's talked about Beyond Good and Evil. The stealth sections in that are horrible because you have to do it in a very specific way in exactly the way the game wants you to. Here, you feel like, okay, perform a set of moves, maybe you fail, and you think, oh, okay, I failed, that's maybe not how I was supposed to approach it. You learn, you adapt, you change your way of doing it, and then you overcome the situation, and you feel like that was because of you, not because the game was, you know, screwing you around. Mm. Yeah, they really reward you exploring the surroundings. One of the things I always do in games is I try to go the way that isn't the obvious way, and you get rewarded for doing that in this. You'll see a guard blocking your entrance, and you'll notice a vent off to the side. It might lead to the next room, which allows you to come behind that person and eliminate them without them even being an issue. Why is experimentation so important in the game itself? I think it's because you learn certain tricks. that Because it doesn't tell you everything that you can do. Mm. Um, and I think that's great because it allows you to combine certain abilities to create um, interesting effects. For example, one that I really like is that later on in the game you have the ability to string guards up mm. on lampposts. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, one thing I did is that you can also make guards afraid, much in the same way as Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah. And if you strung a guard up, you could throw a dart at the guard strung up, and if there was a guard below them, they'd see that dead body fall uh, on top of them, and they'd suddenly get afraid, and they'd start panicking, and they might shoot some of their friends and yeah. or kill a dog that's next to them. And creating that like sense of panic and getting the enemies to do your job for you, it's a clever way of combining abilities together to mm. create some interesting effects. There's four different real, real approaches if we're going to boil it down. Usually, um, if you're playing through the game the first time, you're going to be using various combinations of these just to try them out. Um, there's a silent assassin, unseen killer type, where the whole, the whole point is all of these approaches are rewarded in different ways. So if you're trying to just sneak through, not be seen ever and not take out any of the guards, just, you know, get through like a ghost, then you get bonuses for not being seen. So, like, if you're clinging to a ceiling, someone walks under you, you get an extra bonus, like 200 points right there. Then there's your your unseen killer kind of guy, who, uh, same thing, only you kill every single person you you, um, meet, but in a way that means you don't get seen at all. So... No one knows what's happening. You just, you know, move through like a whisper, leaving dead bodies in your wake. And usually you can hide bodies as well so that no one really knows what's going on. If you make them aware of the bodies, they can either get, you know, very, very wary and start hunting around the place looking for you. Or if you do the right things, like, say, stringing them up like you mentioned earlier, actually start really freaking out. So if it depends what you do to the bodies there's certain monstrous things you can do which like say stringing them up and um, there's one which is like throwing um, flesh eating bugs at them which if someone walks through a door when someone's going and being reduced to a skeleton that freaks them out as well there was one moment when I had a guy 
strung up on a lamppost within a second of me jumping away from them and then his friend turning around and it was on a rainy night and then there was a flash of lightning and this guy was silhouetted and the, the guy on the ground went ah! and started <laughs> shooting and it, it was like this incredible unscripted moment and it was just so brilliant so yeah that's the third approach which is the terrifying predator and then there's the fourth approach which I never really did which is to basically just be a brutal fighter you can bump up your fighting abilities and your um, shields I'm not sure why you'd want to play this game with brute force but it's the one avenue I haven't really explored to be honest I think it was more for people who maybe weren't doing so well with the stealth acts but might yeah. get caught and it's a way to get out of that situation without that's failing. very true it gives, it gives them a, a choice. But that's the thing. So many other stealth games, you get to you like, oh, for goodness sake. And then there's this horrible sense of having to redo everything again. And especially if... I've been playing Deus Ex Human Revolution, and just trying to get stealth kills and not be seen and, and stun people is a nightmare because they keep seeing you and you're like, oh, God, do this all again. There's a lot of creeping involved. With this, if you just go, oh, I've been seen, shoot me then they kill you. You get returned to almost immediately beforehand, almost every single time, and then you, you don't get... I mean, they, they would normally take away 800 points just for being seen, but you don't have to go through that specific thing, and you don't have to deal with guards on your tail all the time. It, it is very much a case of, right, I screwed up, but you don't have to reset it. You can deal with the situation as it, as it happens to you. It is all about improvisation and deciding at the time. Uh, one thing I do like about the game, though, is that if you do decide, okay, I'm going to go back to the previous checkpoint, mm. anything you collected, like you can collect those scrolls and stuff like yeah. that in yeah. the game, they stay collected, yeah. so yeah. you don't have to go back to those areas and collect them again. You can just rush through the area, which yeah. I thought was a really nice touch. There's no penalties mm -hmm. for trying again. You can and there just do it. Little mini achievements like uh, if you get like um, every level you got like three different things to get that will get you extra points. Yep. Every, Allow every dog to sniff you. Um, <laughs> but once you do that once, it remembers that it gives you the points and the prestige, and you'll always get that every time you replay the level. You don't have to go through the rigmarole of getting the dogs to sniff you again. It's like once you've achieved it, it's logged. So it, it feels like the game wants you to succeed. It's yep. not easy. It's never really, I never really thought this game's a cakewalk, but at the same time, I, it's, it's not hard either. It's, it's challenging. It, there's a flow to it, yeah, there's a challenge. But so much of the challenge is what you impose on yourself. Like, I don't want to be seen at all. Sod it, I'm going to go back and do this one again. Um, but you don't have to. Okay, so things this game does very well. The modern setting over period setting makes the guards far more deadly. Because um, if, if this was in feudal Japan, and it was just like samurai or dudes with spears wandering around, you would decimate them. 
there is no way <laughs> that they would be able to take you on with all your various ninja skills. So I don't, it, it was the odds were stacked against you in Tenshu because you had to negotiate the really quite difficult 3D controls. It was like driving a ninja-shaped car around. But because these guys have all got machine guns and it's sort of set modern day, you are a relic of a bygone era trying to keep afloat. And there's even, if you want to look at this narratively, um, there's a cultural tension to the narrative which actually plays into the story of the fact that these ninjas are kind of they're being outdated mm. but I thought I, that was a masterstroke I liked that the enemies and you were kind of on an equal playing field mm. because if you got up behind them and managed to stun them or do a stealth kill they're done in one hit yeah. but if they see you you're kind of done in a couple of hits as well yeah. Yeah. so it's that nice balance between okay these guys are tough but if I play it right they're done and it, it kind of felt like Demon Souls to me. Well, it's not like Demon Souls, but Demon Souls has a similar system really? where enemies are incredibly deadly, but you can kill them in just as many hits as well. You've just given me a reason to play Demon Souls compared to this. Um, <laughs> it's also it's very important that you can't straight out kill them with your, your basic fighting techniques until you. I think okay. if you can get them on the ground, you might be able to do a kill when they're down. But there's messy kills. Like when you go for a stealth kill, it'll prompt you to press left or right and X. And if you don't press it right, then they go and they scream. And it's, you get less points and their friends here. So it, there's, a, there's a tension every time you go for a stealth kill as well. Uh, unless you wear a specific outfit you can get like if you get enough points in any particular field you unlock an outfit which will give you boosts and bonuses in that specific field but it'll also it'll detract your abilities in other fields it's a really great way of going right now in this level I want to be totally stealthy put on the completely stealthy suit which takes your sword away completely so you can't kill people even if you wanted to but it makes you whisper quiet and very fast the side-scrolling in 3D means the scenes are very clearly depicted, showing you everything you need to know and allowing you more control and natural reaction. The button map at the top right-hand corner cannot be underestimated as a constant optional reminder so that you never panic. You're like, hang on, what do I press here? And there's a little thingy like giving you the, the, the topical... Look, if you press Y at this point, then such and such would happen. The no major penalty for death and very few strictures on approach encourages experimentation and neutralizes frustration. Not once did I get frustrated with this game, and I've completed Definitely. it twice. And that's not because it's easy, as I said. I, have, I can't remember another game where I didn't get frustrated. It doesn't have, you know, bosses or a horrible end section where you're just banging your head going, Why don't you want me to win? <laughs> it doesn't have that I'm, I was astonished I just I breezed through going I not only do I love this but I want to play it again and I haven't even finished yet one of the master strokes of this game for me is that it doesn't make the mistake that so many stealth games do mm. where they want to vary things up and they think okay um uh, we've done a lot of stealth for a while. Maybe we'll have an action-focused enemy here, oh. just you know, for the hell of it. Like what? Well, Deus Ex: Human Revolution. <laughs> now you must fight a dude with a massive machine gun. But yeah, I'm yeah. a really stealthy guy. Exactly, <laughs> and it's ho always horrible. It's always or split to self conviction, where it's like, you know what? There's been no major penalty for not being stealthy before, but now in forced stealth section, don't get seen, or we're going to make you do it all again. What's great is that the big moments in this game's uh, this game feel like set pieces. So, mm. for example, you'll have enemies 
who uh, are hard to get behind and your uh, uh, task is to set up a scenario where you can catch them unawares. There's the first one where the guy's at the bottom and you have to uh, get that electrical pillar above him to fall on top of him. And I thought that was a great little stealth set piece. Also, the enemies are all built around stealth. Like They introduce these bigger henchmen later on Mm. who you need to stun first and then stealth kill, which is yeah. great because you immediately adapt to that. Okay, I'll just throw a smoke bomb. He's or distracted. Some drops. Yeah, and and then he's done. It's great. It's a little bit of variety, but it still plays into the mechanics mm. we've already learnt how to use. And I, they partition out all of the uh, the abilities as well. So you start off with all your basic abilities, and the better you get, and the more you play it, it's not so much that it gets easier, but you just get more and more options. It's like a tree branching out to the various things that you could do, and the various approaches you can take. So it never feels like it overwhelms you with the amount of stuff you've got available because you've you've been able to pace yourself. I love the fact that they've made this difficult. Well, I can't really call it a difficulty curve. It is the fact that they've introduced each ability, each item, as you go along, giving you a situation where, okay, here's this enemy. Mm. Here's how, here's a, a way to sort mm. to get rid of them. It's not the only way, but here's your default example. Yeah. And once you have that example, you you decide, hold on a minute, maybe that's not the only way. One of the best examples is there's a scroll at the bottom of one of the levels. Mm-hmm. You're faced with two enemies that have gas masks and two enemies that need stunning before. Oh, I remember this bit. Yeah. <laughs> and there's challenge of you. They gave you the option of setting off poisonous gas, but that would alert the gas mask. You could try and take out the gas mask in one hit, but that would alert the stunnables. <laughs> And the fact that it going through the game had brought you to this point where you're trying different things and you feel a co- you when you finally accomplish it you feel like a true badass like a true ninja. Yeah. By the end of the game, when I got back to that scenario in the new game plus, I used a terror dart on the guy without the gas mask, and he went crazy, shot his friends, and then killed himself. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even need the scroll, I'd already got it, but you know. It does make you oddly bloodthirsty. I played through uh, a little bit with Lyra watching, and she was like, you need to kill that guy. And I was like, oh no, um, I'm going to sneak past him. It's a lot easier to kill, and it's a lot harder not to kill. You've got to preserve life. I've just spent ages trying to build up her understanding of, of the, the importance of life through Avatar Aang, and now there's this horrible game where there's so much visceral pleasure. I think it's made more fun because the guards are as dumb and as, like, they, they say everything they're thinking <laughs> as, as in the original Metal Gear Solid, a game this actually feels a lot like. So it's like, huh? Just a box. Which, by the way, is an item you can have. And you can hide under the box and... Um, what, what's it called when you do the achievement where you kill someone from under the box? Ah, uh, I can't remember. It's called something. But one of them, the achievements, is to um, throw out three different items at once, and that's called tactical espionage action. Yeah, I did nice. that one. Yeah, there's a, there's a healthy respect for their uh, predecessors in this game. And the achievements are really fun to actually to, to try and, and, and get all done. 
It tells you what you can what you can do and what you could be doing with your it, uh, abilities. It encourages experimentation, mm. which is what this game's all about. It's made such a balanced experience that you feel that you can experiment without being punished. Yeah. Um, another thing it does very very well: the binary lighting. Now, this seems like such a simple thing, but you are either in the light or you're not. And if you're in the light, then you can see your ninja in colour. If you're not, then you're silhouetted in black with uh, elements of red in your costume. Uh, but because there's no gradation in between, you're either hiding or you're not. So there's no... It's a very unfussy experience. It's very straightforward. You know whether you can be seen or not. And if someone is... You know, if a guard's walking in and out of darkness, then there'll be times when they you just see like a ghost... Uh, again, like with the Sam Fisher in... Uh, uh, conviction, you'll see the, the frozen in mid-air, the last place you saw them. But they could be now standing directly over you. But it, if it's completely in darkness, you don't know. So. And they keep the footsteps, so yeah, you can so keep yeah, track you can of them. them. They're little tiny sound waves walking along the floor and just time it. It's very, very close attention to detail, so it's, it rewards you for being observant. As I said before, the fog around your vision can be penetrated to reveal your surroundings, but there's always a risk which adds layers of tension. Uh, visualizing the sound waves, so it, it, they radiate out from you, uh, but it gives you a constantly switching decision of speed or stealth. If you run, you create noise. If you walk very slowly, or, or this kind of cool ninja crouchy walk, uh, then you don't make much noise at all. But it's a decision at every point because if you run, you might be able to get to a hiding place, but you might also alert the guards who otherwise wouldn't know. So it's, it's a, again, they keep the tension up. Time freeze on the items allows oh. you to be very confident and move very precisely. There's if if it had been there's one costume you can wear where they take that away and you you do all your uh, use all your items in real time. So when you're going, where shall I throw this? The guards have already seen you. And you're like, oh god, god. Ah. Um, <laughs> but the fact that it, it basically gives you a little gong sound and everything freezes and then you can sort of move the arrow around. It's like peggle and work out exactly where you're going to be chucking your things. And you can throw various things at the same time to create, you know, chaos all at once. It's kind of like when you're fighting in Batman Arkham Asylum and you're sort of using gadgets, but instead of just sort of like jamming on the buttons and panicking and going, well, I guess I can like electrocute this guy and then punch this guy and then gas grenade this guy, you're being very careful about what you're doing, which makes you feel more professional, which makes you feel more like a ninja and not just some, you know, combat guy. Yeah, there is a, a definite difference. A great example of that is you get to a point where the ledges break. I accidentally was on one for too long. I was dropping. I hit the LB, hit the lights, dropped down a trap, and hook-shotted to another ledge all in one action. Yeah. I was watching an interview with Mr. Anderson 
um, online, I think it was Giant Bomb, and he was talking about the concept of freezing time, and they said at one point in development, we had a timer on it, so you could only use it for a limited amount of time, but they realized halfway through, what's the point? What's the Makes point? It less it's, fun. it's just artificial challenge. It, 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 there's no point in it. So they got rid of it completely, made it infinite, because they thought it doesn't impact the challenge of the game whatsoever if this is infinite. In fact, it actually makes the player feel like they're more in control of what they're doing. Mm. So, yeah, I thought that was a really good decision because there is that temptation. And I've seen it in other games where they decide to limit your use of these kinds of abilities. But well, I mean, Vanquish, you just made me think of there, where it, you've, it's all about I mean the whole game becomes about and this isn't a bad thing because Vanquish it works very very well it becomes about when do you use your bullet time type you know zooming abilities and like the, the risk reward of pulling out before you start to overheat but I don't think that would have worked better in this game than what they actually ended up doing I mean when, um, you're, trying, when you're trying to encourage patience you don't want to keep pushing someone along yeah. too much there are different ways to add tension, mm. and that's that. I'm very glad they didn't make that one of them. Regarding how you move, um, if this was the world of Avatar, I don't know if they have, have had this animal yet, but you move like a cat spider. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got the the reflexes and the agility of a cat, but also the scuttling ability to to jump to every uh, you know available surface like a spider. So I can't remember. I mean, there are plenty of, like, Ninja Gaiden back on the NES, and uh, and, and there are various other Ninja games where, you, and like Strider, where you can sort of bounce between two parallel walls and go up. But I can't remember a game where if you, while you were bouncing, if you messed up, you couldn't just cling to the wall and then run vertically up instead. You move the way a ninja really should move in your head. Like a superhero, but a superhero who's still vulnerable. Well, well, that's the thing about this game. It feels like you've been given lots and lots of tools, um, mm. and you're given, uh, and they're available to you in all these different situations, and you can use them in a number of different ways. The challenge comes from knowing when to use those tools and using them effectively. So I always feel like I am capable of anything, but it's my, it's my fault as the player. It, mm. it never feels like it's the game's fault. It's always my fault when I die and when something goes wrong. And mm. it's great that the game communicates that to you because there are so many games where I feel like the, the game is screwing me over. Yeah. And I don't feel like that when I'm playing this game. Surprisingly enjoyable and challenging platforming sections. I hadn't anticipated this because I read one review where they were saying, oh, there's this tedious platforming bit near the middle end. But I was still waiting for it to happen. And I was like, oh, you know what? I actually think I've gone through it. I, what did you guys think of the platforming? Loved I thought it. it was pretty good. I mean, I didn't think it was particularly challenging. I don't know if that's what he meant, but it, like, it felt really responsive and really fluid. So I wouldn't complain. Well, when I say challenging, it's things like um, when you... Like you, you get onto a crate which is rising upwards, and then there's lasers coming out of the walls from the left, and you think to yourself, "Uh oh, I'd better crawl to the right-hand side of this crate, otherwise I'm going to go through these lasers and they're going to vaporize me." And then you go carry on going up, and then there's lasers coming from the right, and you pull yourself back around, and it's, there's a lot of thinking on your feet and yeah. a lot of sudden grappling hook. I got to get away from here. So it was very satisfying when I was able to do them without dying and just, you know purely by reactions, work out what I was supposed to be doing. Um, 
It's, it's not the strongest point of the game, but when it did end up suddenly in a platforming section, I, I did enjoy it. What about faults? Any flaws you guys can mention? I uh, I would say I would say that the story, while it does become interesting towards the end, mm. is largely not really the focus of the experience. Uh, it's not. It's not that it's bad. This is me nitpicking. It's just that it's not super interesting compared to like I wasn't playing the game because I wanted to find out what was going on with the story. I was playing the game because oh, these mechanics are really awesome and I want to see where they take them. Mm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, Jerome, any flaws? Um, mm, I can't really think of any, really. I'm sure there are some, but personally, I enjoyed it so much that I can't really think of any. Unless I'm wrong on this one, tell me if I'm wrong. One of the only things for me that was a bit, a bit of a niggle was that there are challenge rooms throughout the uh, levels. I think there's like one per level and you'll you have to seek them out and find them and sometimes you're in the middle of a game you don't really want to stop and then spend 20 minutes or so trying to negotiate a, a laser maze or something like that and it would have been nice if once you'd found them you could unlock them and then just do them on off the title screen yeah yeah i yeah, no, because I, I mean there's a yeah. there's an achievement linked to doing all of them and now I have to go through the game again and specifically seek out all the ones I didn't um, do the first time. Uh, you can back out of them which is nice but it, it would have been good to just be able to do them. This is a tiny little niggle and it's only because I kind of want to, you know, it'd be nice to isolate them so you can, you know, have some ninja action achievements. I mean, they did that in Shadow Complex had them, didn't it? Yeah. A bunch of extra achievement things. Uh, but it's a tiny little thing. Uh, other flaws? Um, I... The, oh, yeah. The only flaw I can think of isn't with the game, it's with how mi- the lack of Microsoft's marketing for it. Support, yeah, we're the only people talking about this thing. It's their own game, and even if you look on the dashboard, they haven't given it any yeah, promotion, really. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Everyone who's played it has uh, said, you know, sung its praises, and there's a lot of good word of mouth about the game. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame that it. I don't know if how well it's selling. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it, at the word of mouth was enough. But like, I, I'm worried that this game is going to go, you know, under the radar for many people. This should have been in the summer of arcade instead of Recketeer. Oh, absolutely. Well, I yeah. I think there are a number of <laughs> downloadable games that came out this year that should have been in the summer of arcade. Seeing how weak this one was. Examples. Uh, yeah. Fez should have been in there. Indeed. Spelunky should have been in yeah. there. Trials Evolution should have been in there. Yep. Dust already in there. So that, Of the five, oh. I'd say Dust is the only one that really should be stayed. I, I haven't played Deadlight much, but everyone's disappointed in Tony Hawk, although that's a big name. The only person I know who likes Wicked here is Paul, because he is a sucker for those um, Collect Three Stars games. <laughs> and then there's Hybrid, which I don't remember anyone raving about. So, yeah, so that. many opportunities here to play that of other games. Um, but I, th- that's not really a, a, anything against the game itself. It's mm. far better than Microsoft have pitched it as. And it also, it launched on a Friday, which is a relatively new thing. I mean, plenty of other games launch on Fridays, according to Paul. But I, I just don't... I found out about this game 
two days beforehand. Yeah. yeah. That's how little advertising there was. And I should read Edgemore. Other flaws, I wanted more. After I finished it, yeah. I was like, I, I could really play a whole, like, twice as much of this game again. That's not really a flaw. I just want a sequel. Um, See, I, wa- <laughs> I had that exact same feeling after Shank as well. Yeah, well, you can. there is actually a sequel to Shank. Yeah. I mean, I want them to do a full AAA game, I'll say. Ooh. Okay, right. I wanted co-op and versus modes as well. Yeah. They could definitely do that in a sequel. I really badly want to see a sequel of this, and it'll only happen if loads of people buy it, so everyone must buy it. Oh, I just got this image of, like, two ninjas going through one level, synchronising, taking out people. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That would be awesome. Or, or like a uh, Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow style um, versus game where it's you versus guards and yeah. it's it's all controlled by humans. Okay, right. That may never happen and I, I don't want to dwell on it too much because I'm going to be sad if it doesn't. Last thing I'm going to talk about, everyone who hasn't already played this game through to the end, sign off here because this end bit really is a spoiler. It won't improve your experience knowing this end bit. In fact, it'll it, it'll change your experience knowing this end bit. I think it's safe to say, worth 1200 points. Go buy it right now. Now. Go. See you guys later. Okay, so from after this bit of music, spoilers. So the very, very end, who did you choose to kill? I went left and killed my... Uh, Aura. Yeah. Um, because it felt like the game was telling me that, yeah, that was the choice to make. Like, mm. I was delusional. Um, during the level before, um, you're infiltrating mm-hmm. the ninja's hideout, mm-hmm. and when every time you kill a guard, they suddenly change into the corpse of a ninja student. Mm-hmm. Um and it, oh yeah yeah and i was while playing that section i was starting to think oh god cuz they keep talking about the stories of how these um drugs affect you uh, not drugs the tattoos the tattoos the paint in the tattoos paint it makes you incredibly tattoos. powerful but also insane yeah and and all the way like um occasionally cats will say have you started seeing hallucinations have mm-hmm you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and when that started happening, I started doubting everything I was doing. Okay, these guys are turning into ninja students. Maybe they're not high-tech. Maybe I've imagined this. And yeah. um, I, so I started to think maybe this, uh, my assistant who I've trusted all the way through the game has been lying to me and just tempting me to kill people and Telling, making me paranoid and suspect mm. the people I should have trusted all the way through the game. Mm. 
I uh, I also killed Aura over Azai, although I, I went back later and uh, killed Azai as well, just to see what how that felt. And it felt as most Renegade endings do, kind of hollow. But I was really impressed with the actual the, the graphical sequence before that actual kill. Oh the, just yeah, the walking through the garden. It it felt a bit like um, the walk through the sorrow in Metal Gear Solid Three. Mm-hmm. I was reminded of Okami with the. Um, mm ink aesthetic yeah but but finding out that aura was effectively just um you know an aspect of your um divergent mind i actually i kicked myself for not realizing it far sooner it's because it's such a trope Mm. in a game to have someone guiding you through and telling you everything and i'd never really thought about it but if you watch aura when you play it through again she keeps disappearing left right and center in a way that no other ninja does and of course she's a hallucination See, after I collected almost all the scrolls in the last few, mm. you really get you get the thoughts of somebody who was underneath the power of the tattoos. Yeah. And he's completely doubting himself and he's thinking, it are they is it the fact that the clan is betraying me or have I literally just gone mad and not realised it? Yeah. And you just start once again it's the fact that if you're supposed to be the person they've decided to go after the big the big bad people why have they sent this other person with you this whole time uh, and i read in another review that uh, the the uh, final choice between a zion or a is meaningless ultimately you know you get yeah. a slightly different sequence either way when i finally got to it it was anything but as far as i'm concerned this is one of those ones that it is as meaningful as you infer to me, it was it was how what do I do about this situation? How do I how would I want to go on? And yeah, so it actually it did have an impact at the at the end for me. So it, more than most uh, XBLA titles, I felt more about this than the end of Limbo, and that's saying a lot. If I were to criticise it, I would say that I felt there wasn't enough build up towards that ending. So, yeah. If they could was, have been very clever with it and, and yeah. really like led you up and down. Ultimately, it felt like the game's focus was very much on the gameplay, and the story mm. was something that was backing that up. And and I, I that's perfectly fine. Yeah. But for me to ha- to have the same impact that I think maybe you had, for me, it just needed to be much more important to the game to introduce some of those aspects earlier on. Okay, so for all those folks who've already bought this game, well done, and talk about this to as many people as you possibly can. <laughs> I'll be back this coming Thursday with James Batchelor talking about movie scores and we are bringing along some of our favourite music on The Sound of Gonzo. Before we go, Joshua Gamity, would you like to pimp... Actually, the new thing we're doing now, rather than just pimping your show, because everyone knows Kane and Rince now, pimp a specific episode that you think people should definitely listen to. I would recommend the Kane and Rince episode on Metal Gear Solid 3. Yep. Um, it's a long one, I just warn you, you might want to you might want to section it off, but there's a lot of interesting discussion about that game. That game has a lot of things going on it. It's not a perfect game, but it has a lot of things that very few games have and I'd highly recommend it. Another fantastic stealth game that not enough people have played. Indeed. And that is all from us tonight. Thank you very much Jerome McIntosh of Gonzo Planet for coming on. Not a problem. And thank you very much Joshua Garrity of Kane and Rids. Thank you. 
Just before we go, the winner of the Design a Ninja-based sitcom competition netting himself a download code for Mark of the Ninja on XBLA is... Giles Thomas with How I Met Your Sensei. I still maintain that Two and a Half Ninjas would actually work as a real show. I'm never going to do a gonzo on this one, but the song I'm going to finish on is actually the end credits music from a film called Ninja Assassin, which has got a terrible terrible reputation on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's like 26%. But if you want a stupid, funny, Highlander levels of daft ninja film with buckets of gore and ultraviolence and, you know, really quite dazzling martial arts sequences, Ninja Assassin, produced by the Wachowski brothers, great fun. The song is called Shazam and it's by Spiderbait. I've been Eric Shaw and go ninja, go ninja, go. (laughs) 